Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome to City Beautiful Church. Today is Vision Sunday, and all the people said, woo! Um, so we, we've been on this uh, you know, kind of little bit of a journey since uh, Christmas. At the end of last year, we took time to reflect and to say, you know, what is it that God has done? What has he shown us over this past year? Uh, because we believe that when we reflect, like a holy reflection on the last year, it gives us this platform of confidence to know this is what God is doing in our lives. And that gives us a sense of confidence that when we look to the future, it's not kind of this anxious, what's going to happen? I don't know if God's going to be with me. I don't know if anything's going to work out. But it gives us this confidence to say, Lord, if you've done this before, you're going to do it again. And I'm actually going to de demand. Remember, we even talked about this in, in, in the Old Testament. I'm going to challenge you, Yahweh Almighty, to show up in even greater amounts. And he actually likes that, believe it or not. And maybe you don't believe that, but he does. He really likes a good challenge. And so at the end of the year, we, we took that time to reflect, and it gave us this platform of confidence. And then last week, we each came here, and we asked the Lord for a word or a phrase that would guide our growth for the year. And it's fascinating, as I've been talking to so many of you about how the Lord has spoken to you in those things as you reflected on your word from 2018, as you've kind of honed in on something with him for 2019. It's less about tasks, you know, I'm this year I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to make an extra $10,000. And it's more about, a, although, you know, bless. If that, if that is your 2019, 10% of 10,000. Just kidding. Uh, it's about, it's an invitation. You know, God is inviting each one of you uh, into, first of all, intimacy with him. Uh, but secondly, to form you into a kind of person a person that looks a little bit more like Jesus than you did the day, the week, the month, the year prior. And so today we're kind of doing that same thing, but for our community, not just to say as a random group of individuals that come here together for an hour and a half on a Sunday, what is God doing in our lives, but to say as a community, that as a body that has a personality that has a journey that we're all on together. What is the Lord leading us into in the next year? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So I'm going to pray. I'll pray for you and you pray for me. And we'll dive right into what the Lord has for us. So Heavenly Father, uh, we testify to the truth that you're here. And even as that, that beautiful song says, you are for us. You're not against us. And God, sometimes we come into this space, maybe not entirely believing that a little bit worried that perhaps you are against us. Everybody else seems to be fine. Everybody else seems to have their right place, but we feel like imposters. And so Holy Spirit, I invite you right now, if there's anybody in this room that has that sense that they don't fit, that they're not welcome, uh, that they maybe need to do a little bit more, they need to clean themselves up a little bit more before they're fully able to be present to you, we ask that you would do away with that now in the strong name of Jesus. We want to be so fully present in this moment that neither the guilt and regret of the past or the anxiety and worry of the future keeps us from meeting with you in this place 
worshiping you, being transformed by you to look more like Jesus. And so may the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And so what I want to do this morning is talk a little bit about the process of how we come to vision in our community and then specifically talk about the vision that, we, that the Lord has given us uh, for 2019. So last week uh, during worship, I was kind of praying and saying, Lord, what's, what's like one you know, passage of scripture that would really sum up or be a guiding light for us in 2019? And I was reminded of this beautiful passage in 1 John chapter 2 uh, that's always been a favorite of mine and I jotted it down and then kind of during the week I said, I don't know if this works, but kind of praying through it, talking through a couple people, it really feels like it works. <clears throat> Surprise, uh, I really like John. I, you may, many of you know this. I love the gospel of John, and I love all the letters because John speaks out of this place of being the beloved, right? That's kind of his posture in writing, and everything that he writes about God, everything he writes about Jesus, and everything that reflects back on himself and his people comes from that core value of being the beloved of God. And so that, that kind of intimacy runs through all of the writings of John in such a beautiful and dynamic way. And, and the letter of 1 John is written out of a community that John has established probably in southern Turkey, and it begins kind of like the gospel does. It says, that which we have seen with our eyes and we've heard with our ears and we've touched and we've experienced, this is what we're testifying to you about the God that's revealed in Jesus. And they go on and give these big ideas about light and dark and, and sin and holiness and love and all of these things. And then we come to this moment in John chapter 2, it feels like there's this break. And actually, if you read the, the letter in the Greek, as all you know I did this week, obviously. <laughs> no, that's not true. I don't speak Greek every once in a while. Uh, John, where's John? John, do you speak Greek? Amazing. Do you speak ancient Greek? That's fine. <laughs> But it's, it's almost like this one, like chapter one and most of chapter two is this big one run-on sentence. And many of you know about me, when I get really excited, I can just kind of, one big run-on sentence, and it's like, okay. And that's kind of what happens here in John 2, beginning in verse 12. It's like the writer's going and saying sin and, and, and darkness and light and love. And okay, hold on. Let's just pause for a second. And let me, let me just give you a byline, because maybe this is all overwhelming. I want, and so the, the writer gives us this little poem to remind us this is our baseline. This is how we're entering into these conversations about God and light and darkness and sin and love. And the poem goes like this. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you fathers, and we'll say fathers and mothers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, and we'll say young women as well, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. And I love this pause. It's a very pastoral move by the writer of 1 John to say, okay, hold on. Before we do the theology, before you start freaking out about everything that I'm laying down, let, let's just back up. And let's just remind ourselves that the first primary foundation of all of this is that we know God and we're with him. And there's an invitation to intimacy upon which we build everything else. 
And for us as a community, that has become a cornerstone of how we have identified ourselves and how God is crafting who we're called to be. And so that kind of leads into when we begin to talk about mission and vision and how all of these different things work. And, And one thing that I'm very confident is that the mission of the church, the capital C church, has not changed in 2,000 years. It's always been the same thing for the church. And that's what Jesus invited us to. Love God, love people, love yourself, right? Those are the, the, two, the two greatest commandments. And that has never changed. But the way in which we go about realizing that personally, and even as a church in Orlando at the beginning of 2019, there's specific flavors to that invitation or that mission that we draw out into a particular theme. And so our yearly visions that we ask the Lord to give us kind of sit on top of these foundational values. And altogether, let's say it, by cultivating intimacy with God, we learn to inhabit our identities in Christ and discover our purpose as a spirit-led church. And this will never change. This is the mission of our church. This is the thing by which we are, we are pursuing everything that God's calling us to be. And it kind of dictates or reflects back to us where we're headed next. And so I almost imagine when we talk about vision in our community, you know those old looms, if you've ever been to like you know, Colonial Williamsburg or somewhere and someone's like making a blanket, I don't know, whatever you, whatever you loom, and it's this big wooden structure. That's a, that's a verb, right? There's that big wooden structure, and then they have that shuttle, and they're kind of weaving it in and out of those strands with the new threads, and they're laying them one on top of the other. And over time, an image begins to appear in the loom. And so for us, intimacy, identity, purpose, that's the loom. That's the thing that's never going to change. But the vision that God gives us each year kind of lays on top. It's a new thread that God is weaving into the story of our community. And so it's not like we, we ditch the vision of the past year in order for a new vision, but we actually lay it on top. And so that's a little bit about how we do vision here. And I, I actually want to share with you something as well that for me has been a huge adjustment in trying to figure out how to do vision as the pastor of this church. You know, I think there's a pressure in my position uh, that I have to be like Moses. And if you remember in the story, Moses, he has to go up on top of the mountain, you know, into the big cloud. I've told you before, my favorite verse in scripture is that it says, and the people stood afar at a distance and Moses entered into the thick darkness where God was, right? And a lot of times that's the expectation we have of our spiritual leaders. Well, that, that person is, they're going to go up on top of the mountain and they're going to hear from the Lord and they're going to bring it back down and I'm just going to do whatever they say. And that's how the Old Testament worked. And sometimes there's a pressure in my job to do that, that I have to be the guy that hears from the Lord, that I have to go up onto the mountain, into the thick darkness, and I have to bring something down on a tablet of stone and I have to hand it to you. And then the expectation is you're just going to do whatever I say, Right. But the problem with that kind of model is there's no level of intimacy and there's no expectation of spiritual maturity for any of you, right? You're still on milk. You just take whatever I say is gospel truth and you just apply it to your week. Don't think about it. Don't question it. You know, don't explore it any. Just receive it. And it keeps people spiritually mature or immature. And the transition that we've made, especially this past year, is realizing for me, my job is less to go up onto the mountain to find the vision and to bring it back and hand it to you. But my, my job is more to challenge all of you to listen to the Lord on behalf of our community, 
to bring it all together, and then I synthesize whatever we all feel like the Lord is saying. So in October, we had all of our leaders come together in this room, and we worshiped, and I gave all the leaders two questions, and I said, go away for a half hour and pray about this, and bring it back and share what you feel like the Lord's saying. And those two questions were, what is trying to be birthed right now in our community? And what is trying to be let go of in order to create space for that new thing? So as a community, we put everything on the table. And said, so we're not taking it for granted in how we do anything, let alone vision in our community. And it was amazing, all the different reflections that people were bringing back, the revelations of what they felt like the Lord was saying is this new thing that we're being welcomed into or what it is that we have to be able to let go of, to create space for God to bring something else. And then my role then in that is to kind of gather all of that up, to take the temperature of our community and say, ah, yes, I think this is actually where the Lord is leading us. And so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the whole reason that you're here is for our vision for 2019, drum roll. Ta-da! Together with one heart and mind drawing closer to God. Together, with one heart and mind, drawing closer to God. If the foundation of our community is in intimacy with God, identity in Christ, and purpose as the Spirit-led church, this will be a year almost exclusively devoted to intimacy. Almost exclusively devoted to intimacy. You know, I've realized that our primary purpose as a community is that we're here to lead people into a living encounter with God that transforms them to look more like Jesus. That's why we're here. That's job number one. And any time that we forget that, we find ourselves quickly going off the rails. I came across this quote uh, in the summer, and y'all know I couldn't get through a sermon without quoting a dead Catholic. And here it is. <laughs> the Christian of the future will be a mystic or will not exist at all, by Karl Rahner. He wrote this in the 1950s. He died in, I think, 1984. So I may have been alive when this one died. And I came across this quote, quote during the summer, and I, I thought that was really powerful. And then, actually, Daniel and Kaylee uh, went up to Boston uh, for a little weekend vacation, and they went to church with our friend Kay. And at their church, their pastor was using this same quote. And Daniel texted me, and he's freaking out, saying, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And what we're really recognizing is we're putting our pulse on something that's happening within our country right now. In Western Christianity, something is happening. And I think especially within the American church, we no longer can take it for granted that we have a seat at the table and that we have the dominant voice in our own culture. Can I get an amen? Can anybody testify to that? Yes. 